And by the power of Bird App, I'm allowed to unmute and introduce today's episode of Press Play. A uh, very special one today, everybody. This is actually our 20th episode of Press Play. We are joined, as always, by Gaspodius Decimus Marilius. Gaspode, say hello. Hello. And hosted once more by my fabulous self, George. This week on Press Play, we're going to be discussing publishing Web3 games. And we are joined by the fantastic Jason from Gala Games. So, Jason, could you just give us a quick introduction about yourself and a brief overview of the huge entity that is Gala? <laughs> it, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on, guys. Uh, my name is Jason Brink. A lot of you know me as Bitbender. I have been here for a long time now. Um, kind of, it's it's like one of those movies where you feel like you're stuck in the twilight zone, you know. So I've I've, I've been here in that weird frozen state for like a decade now, which is weird. Uh, I am the president of blockchain at Gala Games. That's my external title. My internal title is Barbarian Path of the Berserker. Um, which is, I think, the best job title anyone can ever have. And uh, I basically do the stuff and confront challenges that a lot of people don't want to deal with and whatnot. So anytime there's an issue, I get kind of thrown at it to face tank, which I believe is uh, a good use of my skills. We have a very massive ecosystem that is uh, standing up. And at the moment, where we've got uh, about 50 different games that are currently coming to market, focusing on uh, high-end double and triple-A games uh, made by absolutely awesome people that uh, you guys have heard of in this space. You know, people who have made things like uh, Halo and Halo Infinite, Last Call of Duty, the original guy that created Farmville back in the day, Mark Skaggs, a lot of really, really awesome people uh, on the team. And I'm very, very happy to be a part of this. And we have uh, one of the world's largest and uh, most useful node networks that uh, currently supports between 30 to 50% of IPFS on any given day. And uh, yeah, there's, we're also moving into film and music. And there's just, there's just so much going on. It's really difficult to cover in a, in a brief introduction. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys have got a lot going on over there. That's why I started with the word brief. So we had more stuff to ask as we progress into the space. I like how oh, you bring yeah. up the um, the Farmville reference. I recently re-reviewed Townstar again, which is by far my favorite game on Gala, which does surprise okay. a lot of people. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of the, uh, the changes? Um, I think it's really good. I think from the base level, Townstar was just better than the other farming ones that are competing with yeah. it simply just because of the interactions of the buildings with each other you're not just putting buildings down for the sake of buildings if you put yep. a windmill over your field and it casts a shadow on the field your crops will grow slower amazing that you have to actually think about that yeah they're they're some of the stuff that they've got for the the the, the future versions of this is is really cool i think people are going to like it now that we've got it so that it's server authoritative and uh you can have competitions that people can't cheat on um as easily there's a lot that they can do with it that i think is going to make it super compelling for people 
<laughs> okay, I'm I'm keen to see that. I really do uh, appreciate playing Townstar. It was easily one of the ones I've spent the most time on. I put eight hour stream of Townstar at one point. Nice, um, but nice. <laughs> Before we get too off the rails and turn this into a town star space, though, what would you say is the aim of Gala Games itself? Of Gal- Gala Games as an organization, our thing is we're focused on on ownership, and we believe that there is a future in which uh, gamers and developers can work together with new economic structures and incentives in place that are not the same old broken systems that we've been dealing with uh, forever. Gaming is one of those things that started out as something independent and something beautiful and became sort of like this gigantic, um, you know, publicly listed company crap fest uh, of, of people being, you know, sort of market researched and sold stuff that, that they don't necessarily want, um, you know, by people that they don't necessarily want to buy it from. Uh, but there really isn't any compelling options. We believe that there's there's a way that through through you know blockchain technology ownership com- concepts such as uh, you know play and earn or play to own. You know there are different ways and economic structures that can work that will incentivize different types of developers to build different types of games. It's not always about having like the largest triple uh, A game in the space. It's about creating something that activates and enchants a a significant player base, uh, you know, that that can can serve their specific needs uh, and and yeah, be fun. I mean, for us, it's it's really fun first, uh, fun and ownership. I like fun first. It's definitely become a bit of a cliche because people seem to have forgot for a while that games should be fun, but it's come back and it's coming back strong. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad it gets a mention. Uh, yeah, you, you did... check out my oh, pinned God. tweet. I've got, I've got, I've got a, a, a pinned tweet that's a that's, that, that throws a little shade that I'm, I'm getting a little bit of uh, get a, getting a little bit of heat on right now about that specific issue. Oh, hang on, that's longer than I can read and talk at the same time, so I'll circle back to it. Um, but no, you you mentioned a a huge list of games that you're working on, and it is a mixture yeah. of kind of in-house but also partnered studios. What's yeah. it like working? with the mixture of in-house and partner studios and kind of how does that differ with how you get involved? So the, there's a few different things. The first is that partnered studios right now, okay, this is, this is the case right now. I think it's, it's beginning to change um, because, you know, just so everybody's aware, we're, we're just about to the point where external people can come in and start building on Gala Chain without uh, us doing anything. We, we just basically kind of, you know, as an asset channel is set up and they just they just build their stuff, um, which is a very, very cool thing. The what, what then what this means is that there will be more Web3 native builders coming to build on GalaChain. Uh, but prior to this, we've worked primarily with Web2 developers who are interested in entering the Web3 space. Or, or at least interested in experimenting with it. When we're dealing with external developers that are fundamentally Web2 developers, it can make things somewhat difficult sometimes because anyone who's in the Web3 space or anyone who's in crypto knows how poorly it meshes sort of with your, your default uh, Web2 business models. 
it just doesn't fit well uh, because there's a lot of things that people just simply don't understand. Like um, my, one of my favorite discussions is, uh, you know, working with, with accountants as they try to follow a, you know, a Bitcoin transaction or something like that. It's, it's super fun. Uh, so they end up with all of these crazy wallets and it kind of breaks their brain and it's uh, it gets entertaining. But Web2 businesses have some of the same issues. And so in, in Web2 gaming, what you typically have is you have a game that's sort of desire in, in, in the gala ecosystem. What you end up with in some cases is a game that starts out as a game that was originally planned for Web2. And then we work with the team to bring Web3 elements and true digital ownership into that, that game. Sometimes this means that there's a significant learning curve with the developers where they have to kind of get it first. And until they fully, truly grok what Web3 means and what, you know, uh, ownership means and these sorts of things, sometimes it's a little difficult to uh, put together a, a model that really works well for them and for, for everybody. On the other hand, working internally on our own stuff, um, that can be easier because it's much easier for us to, you know, create change if we you know discover that something works or something doesn't work and there's a plan in place that that you know uh, for, for example a, a great example of this is with uh with spider tanks spider tanks is uh, something that we work on it is with a, a partnership with an internal external company called game media they're based in the netherlands and they are absolutely amazing um you know we had a few things where we learned uh, from this, from having it as a live service game, that there are a few economic concepts that we were working with that just simply didn't work. We worked with game media, we got those changes uh, implemented, and the game you know, took off in a, a pretty big way. So that's super cool, you know, yay. Now, taking those learnings and kind of translating them across the board to other games, it's much easier to get them implemented into internal uh, projects because everybody internally understands that, oh, okay, there are these learnings, they're sort of more Web3 minded and, you know, they're able to, to implement the changes and, and, you know, tweak their economic models to account for certain things and whatnot. Whereas with the external studios, uh, sometimes that's a little bit harder to, to get across because they're sort of building on a certain plan and then you kind of go in and, you know, you want to change the plan and they're, they're not done building whatever the, the first thing was yet. Um, and you know, they don't like it when you're like, well, wait, hold on that, that first thing that you were doing, we have to tweak that a little bit. Cause that's not going to work the way that, that, you know, you think it is because that's one of the other things about the space is that in this space, everything that you do is innovation. Nothing is like a standard practice. So everything is, and should be a test to see what works best. And then you take those learnings and you translate them into other parts of the project. I think that's a really good lesson to be learning. Um, and before I get off track, I have looked at your pinned tweet and we will circle back to that because that is a very spicy <laughs> tweet. But I have more questions down our current line before we sporadically just live this whole space on different tangents. Sure, um, sure, sure. Learning your lessons that you've learned from um, the outside uh, team at uh, Spider Tanks, which is also a game I've played a fair bit about. I, uh, don't play it too much because I get very rage induced when I end up with a team that drops out. So <laughs> it's not one of my more played games from uh, Gala itself. But taking the lessons you've learned from them 
that they have brought to you as the Web3 side and then lessons you've passed on to them. When you then look for other external studios or to work with or partner with and then take the lessons from Spider Tanks to them, what are you looking for in that partner? And are they normally open to suggestions along those lines if you've said we had this previous experience with this already Web2 that we brought over? It's, sometimes sometimes difficult well it it depends it depends a lot on on who you're talking to and what the the specific thing is in sort of your your standard let, let's let's take like mobile free to play right mobile free to play is a category of games that's been around for quite some time that is you know, people understand the monetization concepts behind and it just sort of, you know, developers who build those types of games, you know, they know how to build them. And, you know, having true digital ownership and, and whatnot added into it can sometimes be jarring, okay? Because you'll have something like, um, in fact, I've had this conversation, this exact conversation with multiple uh, multiple developers, some of them very, very large, where you take the idea of, uh, we have a game called Dragon Strike, for example. Dragon Strike is a, a match three questing game. It's fun. It's uh, enjoyable to play. I, I have progressed quite far in it because it's one of those uh, nice, entertaining mobile games that you could just kind of like sit and enjoy, you know. Um, but it is uh, one of the concepts that they have in there is the concept of the scroll of minting. Okay, so in in interest of reducing friction for onboarding new Web two users, people can download Dragon Strike. In fact, everybody who's who's listening to this can download Dragon Strike and start to play it. Um, you know, it's it's in the App Store, it's in in the Play Store. So you know, check it out. And you can play, you can get involved, and, uh, you know, you can start to upgrade your heroes. You don't necessarily have to pay anything into it, but like a, you know, sort of standard, uh, you know, free-to-play model, you know, there are definitely, you know, points at which you can play. You buy gems, buy, you know, whatever's to mint heroes, things of that nature. Now, the cool thing about this is that once you upgrade your hero to a certain point, you can purchase a scroll of minting and turn that hero into an NFT, okay, which you can then, uh, you know, do whatever you want. You can, you know, it's like a max level upgraded awesome hero. You can lock in a cold wallet if you feel like it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a game item. It's got, you know, some, some value. Uh, you know, internally and externally, you know, whatever that happens to be. Um, but it's your thing, right? Now, from a standard kind of Web2 perspective, this is a terrible idea because now there's an item out there that they can't sell you again. So you could sell that item to somebody else. And what the average game Web2 developer sees when they see that transaction is that if I sell an NFT to you, okay, personally, Okay, me is Jason selling an NFT to you, then that is an item that they're not selling sort of first party. And so they see it as a, a, you know, kind of an attack on their bottom line, which is one of the reasons that, um, you know, Web2 companies have been so slow to pick up some of the concepts, uh, you know, around digital ownership, because, you know, from a from a perspective of when you go to talk to your shareholders, okay, you know, 
we could do this thing and we may make less money. Well, then you can't do that if you're a publicly traded company, right? You always have to do the thing that that is the most uh, sort of uh, predictable increase in shareholder value, right? So you have these large companies have a hard time innovating in the space, but small companies, you know, can do so. But the challenges of having that conversation can sometimes be extreme because they they are sort of set sometimes in their ways. They want to do it a certain way or and this is sometimes the the, the more frustrating one. They got super involved um, with with researching the space at one point in time and figured out the model that they decided would work and started building stuff specifically for that model. Um, and then the market changed, the model failed, but they didn't keep up with the market. And so they're not aware necessarily that the mar- that the model failed. Um, you know, so that's basically, you know, one of the challenges that we have, because then we have to be like, well, okay, that's, that was a great idea in March of 2021. You know, it is now June of, of 20, July now of 2023, um, you know, we got to change something guys. It's interesting. I'll just want to pick up on that last bit first before I kind of circle back around to something else you were saying that I think that's something that a lot of projects kind of fall into that they do, Uh they peek their heads out, go, Oh, this is working. And then uh, we'll just build in secret win stealth. And they kind of miss that everything's completely moved. And then they come out swinging with their new knowledge, which like you mentioned, so old that, it kind of undermines the credibility a little bit from the team because they've not, they've just not kept up really, and then their model's right. going to fail anyway because it's outdated. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it just moves too quick. Um, yeah, this I, I somebody says that time in crypto is like dog years, but worse. Um, you know, I would totally say that being in being in this space one year is is equal to seven years. It's like a whole market cycle. Absolutely, I would agree with that. Looking at some of the people I know, the, this last bull's definitely aged them at least seven years. So I think, dude, <laughs> I was looking at a picture of me the other day. It's ridiculous. I mean, granted, I have in the last like I have a I have a two year old daughter and a six month old daughter now. So you know, work is not the only thing aging me. But like, holy crap, man, the amount of the amount of white that I have in my beard versus three years ago is insane. I uh, I blame all my grey hairs which get plucked out because I don't want George picking on me um, for the four and one year old. It's entirely their fault. But anyway, before it's, we'll... it's... <laughs> get... real I talk, man. Da- Dad talks here. <laughs> I could fall down that tangent a lot. But one of the bits I wanted to circle back to is the idea of studios kind of losing money. I'm doing air quotes um, because of the ownership angle. And how yeah. you see that kind of tying in with the fact that free-to-play is so dominant in kind of traditional gaming, kind of how you see those two meshing together? Well, I don't, I don't think that, that studios necessarily actually do lose money because it does present other options, but they may lose some degree of first-party um, sort of initial sales revenue. But also, depending on, depending on how things are set up, um, you know, they, they also could make more, but it's just difficult to kind of make, you know, sort of predictions about it because the only thing that they see is if we sell, um, you know, a thousand NFTs and then those NFTs are each traded, uh, two times, 
we should have sold 3,000 non-NFTs instead because they don't see the the always they don't always see the value of that that ownership you know angle uh, they'd rather you know sort of sell it again and again it's kind of like a short-sighted view of this is what we could make initially rather than the idea of retaining those a thousand players because potentially if you try and initially sell three thousand you're not going to sell three thousand whereas if you've right. got an ecosystem that's thriving and people are selling this same thousand amongst themselves over and over the players are staying there and you've kept a player base so I think some right. of that comes back down to short-sighted vision that they just don't see what we're trying to see so far. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> okay, so with um, with that idea, and we're moving back in-house of Gala now. Um, what is the, the thought process for coming up with the Gala um, games itself? Not ones that are outside of the studio, ones you're making in-house. Are you going out and you're scouting people that are known talents, bringing them in and just giving them the freedom to come up with ideas? Or are there ideas on the table already and then you're bringing teams in to work around the idea? It really depends on the case. I mean, for, for each of the titles that we have is kind of a, a, a different situation. Um, you know, so for Mirandas, for example, Mirandas uh, being headed up by Michael McCarthy, uh, who is a another absolute badass in the game development space. Um, Mirandus was his brainchild. You know, it was his idea, um, and it and you know he pitched it, and we all said, "Yeah, that sounds fantastic." Kind of floated it with the community. Um, people people really dug it uh, and the idea and the vision behind it, and you know development moved forward from there other titles are titles where it's like okay let's uh you know we, we we have an idea or we have an engine okay that that you know we believe will work really nicely for you know a b and c or whatever um how can we how can we marry that with some ip that that would work nicely because we're having you know all of these different uh conversations with you know people regarding you know film and music and things like that how can we tie some ip that we're interfacing with in some way shape or form to to a game you have other situations where uh the the game itself is kind of a a passion project that was was shelved to a certain extent i don't know how much of this i'm actually allowed to say i'm going to say it anyway um you you have a a you know, games that, that were, were shelved, um, you know, because they didn't fit sort of in the, the sort of standard Web 2 space. Um, and there wasn't a path to move forward with them at the moment. But then once you start throwing in uh, Web 3 and our decentralized ecosystem, suddenly stuff starts to make a lot more, more sense. Uh, the last expedition running on our node network is a great example of this, you know, because one, one of the biggest challenges and the biggest costs that you have with any sort of, uh, you know, large first-person shooter multiplayer game is server hosting, AWS costs, right? Well, if, you know, instead of that, you have the game running on people's nodes, which is what it does, uh, suddenly you don't have a massive AWS bill that undercuts the profitability of the, the project as a whole. So, you know, there's a bunch of different different things like that. It really varies from game to game. And with the mention of nodes, they're kind of how they tie all the games together is really interesting uh -huh. itself. But then 
I think just looking at the the token, there's yeah. always the challenge of kind of balancing the using of your one ecosystem, your one token across all of the games. How does how does that look? How do you balance that? Is it lots of well, juggling? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, to tokens are challenging. Period. Okay, economics like. There, there's a reason that humans have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Um, and if you go back to some of the earliest, uh, you know, economic texts that have been written, you know, things in cuneiform on clay tablets from Babylon, um, you will see people arguing about economics. Um, and, you know, it's pretty clear looking at some of the countries uh, on this beautiful globe that we all inhabit um, that they haven't figured out economics either. Um, so it's it's always a challenge and it's uh, it's a thing that you invariably always will get wrong because there is no right answer. Um, that said, uh, you know, you, you do your best to build things out in a way that, that makes the most sense to everybody. Using of, and this has actually been a super hot topic within our community lately, um, because people want to have Gala be the reward token for all games. But the problem is, is that as an ecosystem token, that's not what Gala's for, nor can it actually work very well in that regard. Because at that point in time, you have, you have one of two options. You either put games in control of the emission of the main token. Okay, which which would is is crazy and nobody should ever do. Okay, or you distribute some percentage, okay, of the token that comes into the game back out to the players. Now, even if you were to set that percentage at a hundred percent, okay, at which point in time there's no revenue for the game whatsoever, and you know games have to live. You know, people have to eat and feed their children and other irritating things like that. Even if you were to distribute 100% of those tokens back out to the players, um, all you're doing is, you know, taking money from one player who sucks at the game and giving it to another player who's good at the game um, and typically spreading it across more players. So it's just basically a net loss for everybody. And that sucks. And it isn't, it isn't very beneficial. So... We have, in some cases, with some of our games, and this is not a for every game, but in some of the games, we do have secondary tokens, like Silk. Okay, Now, Silk is built into the game in such a way that you're incentivized to engage in the primary core loop of the game. So you can play the game, you can show up, play spider tanks for free, borrow someone else's tank, you know, go kick ass, take names, it's awesome and all of that. Um, and you can get yourself some silk. Um, you are then incentivized to put that silk back into that ecosystem to upgrade your tank, to, you know, buy components, to, you know, m things of that nature so that you end up with a better NFT tank over time. Um, you can, of course, take that silk out if you want, but it's it's a less friction option for you to participate in the, the core loop of the game. And so, you know, really looking at this, what we do, and this is one of the things that I think more people should do, um, but it's really difficult to do if you if you only have one game. I mean, I guess that's kind of the problem with the space is that almost everyone's building one game, um, whereas we have, you know, sandboxes of dozens to play with, um, where you, you should test out different economic models, see what works, test it, 
test it again, tweak it a little bit. And then once you have a model that really seems to work for people, then you start distributing that model across other games. But you use each of those other games as a test bed for something else. Um, and, you know, you tweak and refine over time and you know, gradually it gets better and better and better, you know, better for the players, better for the game, better for the developer, better for everybody. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, really sort of engaging in that scientific method of game development that uh, that you you really need a scope and breadth of games to be able to to pull off. Yeah, I think the main point there that I think people really need to pick up on is the use of silk in the game to increase your yes. tank to increase how well you can do because i think you touched on it a bit there as well is that the use of some of people's tokens that you receive in their game as the payout the only use of that token is to dump it and get money <laughs> there's exactly. no use within the ecosystem or even within the game world that you could theoretically bridge into the lore of it as well and stuff like that so I, I do like the aspect of having Silk as the payout opposed to Gala because Gala in the game, the only use it has is to be taken out of the game to be changed for money if that's what people are doing. Precisely. And and one of the other things that, that I think is, is an important component here is that um, that works. It works really well. Um, over 50% now of all of the Silk that's ever been created has been burnt through in-game usage. You know, that's huge. That is a massive, massive number, to be honest. The idea right? that people have chose not to take out Insta-Dump, but to put it back into the game to carry on their enjoyment, to increase their tank's ability to win them more Silk is more long-sighted than how some have been in prior games that have then had their economic model crash around them because all anyone wanted to do was earn the in-game currency to take out and dump the floor price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well that's enough about about tokens and economics my brain is far too small to be able to keep up with any of that so moving on to stuff i know more about and that is games in general and obviously everyone is finally catching up to the idea that games may take some time to build may not only what? take a year to develop what? dark souls <laughs> what that's great i i, I saw i saw a, a quote-unquote roadmap yesterday which cracked me up. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to throw shade. Um, but but the roadmap started with Q1, begin building game, and finished on Q4, play game. And it's like, <laughs> guys, guys, c come on, p please. It was it was awful. And then they had bullshit in there that was like. Um, you know, like, what are we going to do? We're going to make stickers for our Discord, and that, like, that—that's a roadmap item. That for for for. Okay, cool. Like, go ahead. I guess it's great. Maybe spend that sticker creating time on the game, yeah. as you're going to need all that yeah. time to create it within the year. You can't be sidetracked with Discord stickers at that point. Just it just <laughs> so... blows me away. P people people give a shit all the time for not having like roadmaps for things. It's like, guys. Like we could put a roadmap out that says stuff like that. You you know that, right? It doesn't mean anything, but you know, it's it's funny. I do like that as the counter argument that some people throw out there, like, yeah, but look at their roadmap. They're striking their goals. You could put any goal on there. Ten people joined our Discord roadmap for Q1 done. I I agree that roadmaps aren't necessarily 
too important like a base idea of what the final end game goal yeah. is fantastic a roadmap of every step of development until you get there i don't really see the use of it especially if people don't really have the understanding of development changes as it goes along last week we had oh, um, oh my god Fableborn on and they what was it i think they cancelled four or five games before they finished on the game that we now see now imagine writing mm. a roadmap for that where it goes bin game number one bin game exactly. number two exactly exactly absolutely okay. <laughs> okay so sidetracking back to my question was actually looking at gala and what how far into the future are you guys looking for development pipeline for the games you're planning to bring us i know this is going to get the classic answer of i don't know how much i can say but without naming what games might be coming what sort of time are we looking at uh i mean our our, our pipeline goes three four years into the future um in in a in a pretty solid sense and then i mean it gets quite fuzzy like the further out you go the fuzzier things get right but but yeah we, we we've got a lot we've got a lot coming you know and it, it, it goes beyond just games too it's it's also you know we're looking at this from a a ecosystem perspective you know gala games is the start of something it's not the ending point of something and what you're seeing with gala chain and with some of the things that are coming into gala chain i don't know if you guys uh you know saw we had a little announcement uh, a couple days ago you know there's a a new social media network being built on gala chain it's not being built by us it's being built by somebody else um but you know there's a lot more that's coming to gala chain and to the node ecosystem and whatnot and for me, that's what this is all about. It's about, you know, building, you know, not just games, but building a protocol that has the ability to, uh, you know, really, really change the way that multiple industries function uh, going forward into the future. And starting with gaming, because gaming is one of the best use cases for it and presents constraints that uh, if you solve the constraints for gaming, you've solved it for everything else too, which I think is a fascinating concept. And with those extra bits you talk about with Gala, it's interesting to hear more about him. I'm still very much seeing the game side, but I did see those announcements that you mentioned. Could you touch a little bit on just how Gala is taking over the world with these different bits that they're also involved in? Yeah, so I mean, you know, we... I think our, our presence in entertainment is is pretty well understood. You know, we've got Gala Games, Gala Film, and Gala Music. Um, I really, of those three, I only have anything to do with the, the game side of stuff. Um, and then also the, the, you know, protocol and infrastructure side of things. You know, for us, when you, when you take a look at the Node Network, uh, this is a profoundly powerful tool that we have at our disposal. Um, and and the community is is absolutely amazing uh, that that operate these nodes, and you know, like I said earlier, you know, we represent a significant pro pro uh, portion of IPFS. So you know, a lot of your content that you have for all sorts of different uh, different things out there is is probably running across the Gala node network, whether you know it or not. Now that's cool all by itself. But uh, going beyond that and looking at, 
where this can go in the future. You know, we've got something very interesting with this ability to, you know, spin out these these node workloads. You're starting to see this with games like Last Expedition, um, which was super cool, by the way. I don't know if you saw uh, when AWS went down, somebody in the community was like, uh, context here is that we use for sign-on for our platform, uh, we use like many, 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 many other projects, uh, we use OAuth, right? Because it's this nice uh, sign-on, you can sign on with, you know, your your Facebook account, you can sign on with whatever, right? But it is very much a centralized service, right? Because, you know, you don't, you don't get the nice, the nice little, uh, you know, one click sign on with your Facebook without going through a centralized service, right? Like that just, that's just how they work. So the, the thing that was interesting is that when AWS East went down, this was about two and a half, three weeks ago now, AWS East went down, and it uh, took down OAuth for a while. And so people were not able to log into the site using their single sign-on. And of course, people were very upset by this. And, you know, it's like these, well, why? It, it should be decentralized. And, you know, we have these fantastic, uh, you know, polemic conversations in the Discord. And, you know, you have to explain that, you know, guys, you, you can't have, you know, decentralized and use your Facebook login at the same time. It's not how that works. I'm sorry. Um, you know, but then then somebody was was asking if it would actually work if we tried to play a game. You know, is that actually decentralized? And it was wonderful to be able to kick on a live stream, start up my my last expedition build, go to a random community members. I think I played on Smurf Storms node, um, and and be able to play a game and you know get my get myself completely eaten by a ravager and and whatnot. Um, you know, but the the node network itself is is profoundly powerful, and what it can do for other projects. Um, that that want to deploy their own, you know, containerized workloads and whatnot on the on the ecosystem is huge, and so I can't wait to see this develop. You know, and we're we're talking to people in a lot of different industries right now, sort of at a protocol level thing, going far beyond uh, just gaming, but into you know social and industrial, medical, lots of different things that we're we're having you know conversations with about this. But before I go on to my actual question, I do like the fact that you pointed out that you can't do things decentralized whilst using a centralized login. I think some people get lost in the ideology of everything must be decentralized and forget that some things will really struggle to work and be as easy as you want yes. them to be if they're not centralized. <laughs> well, the, I, this is a the conversation I had with, with some of the community yesterday. Is It's like decentralization is the goal. That's what we're working towards, right? But that doesn't mean that, A, you can immediately decentralize everything, okay? Or, B, that everything should be decentralized. There's some shit for which a blockchain is just not well-suited. If you're trying to have a speed competition between MongoDB and a blockchain, Mongo is going to absolutely crush it every single time time because of the latency involved there's nothing you can do about that because you're dealing with a thing running on a server versus a thing running separated by space um on a bunch of servers you know um and so some things you know if you want them to run really fast are going to run semi-centralized um and login is is one of those things especially if you're dealing with a 
an, an ultra mega centralized structure like Facebook, if you want the convenience of using your Facebook login or your Google login, it's going to be centralized. That's just the way it is because they're centralized. Yeah, 100%. Like, convenience does come with the uh, need of centralization for the most part. Um, circling to what you were speaking on there and all these other things that you're going to be bringing into Gala itself as well, um, I'm mainly thinking of games again, only because sure, gamer. Um, when you're bringing people in from outside or even with your own projects that get developed within house, uh, Gala is known for having one of the higher qualities of games within their ecosystem compared to some of the uh, the other ecosystems that are out there that ha and tend to have some low hanging fruit, should I say, to bring within their ecosystem to up their sure. their their game amount numbers. What? How do you guys go about ensuring that you keep this level of quality? And will it always be gated to a way that the quality is kept there, or will it be opening up the floodgates the same way that? steam indies is at the moment well so that's one of the things with decentralization right is that um with and again this is kind of echoing back to the last bit of our conversation anytime you have decentralization that means that things happen um, fundamentally in a permissionless fashion right so if somebody wants to once we open the protocol up and you know everybody has access to you know the the sdks and whatnot um you know, if somebody wants to build some, you know, crap fest 9000 uh, on GalaChain um, and is willing to, to pay the fees to the network um, to be able to do so, um, they totally can. Now, that will never get uh, an endorsement from us. It will just happen to be a thing that happens on a chain, just like, um, you know, you could build crap fest 9000 on any other chain um, that you want. We can't stop that from happening no any more than at the end of the day, Ethereum can stop people from, you know, deploying smart contracts that are, you know, awful or for, you know, dumb tokens or, I mean, you get the point, right? So ultimately, at the end of the day, we can't prevent that from happening. But within our own ecosystem of Gala games, okay, which is, is somewhat differentiated from things that happen on Gala chain. Within Gala Games, we can definitely maintain that quality bar. Um, and this is something that we we push for very, very, very hard and are, are you know, we, we really try to, to make stand out. I mean, you look at games like Last Expedition. Um, Last Expedition is a phenomenal game. Uh, and the, the, new, the new version that the community is going to be unleashed on here in a few weeks will absolutely blow minds because it is it is the most fun i have had playing a game since shit man like like i can go back to to my like my early days playing uh first person shooters it gives me that same feel super fun um which i haven't had in a really long time uh, so that's that's going to be the, the really high quality bar that we're always looking to maintain and to constantly push forward with yeah i can definitely vouch for the quality of last expedition even going off of the last um too many lasts in that sentence even going yeah. off of the last <laughs> the last version that i played i think uh, i played a lot 
on our stream with um Ayana who does co-streams with me sometimes and we had great fun um randomly getting eaten by the large uh large animals that spew the tongue out at you and take you into their belly yeah, the and ravager. pop off with you <laughs> the, the, the one sorry go ahead I was going to say, I was going to say also, I think it was my, one of my best performing videos as well was to do with the last expedition. And at the start of the video, one thing that really bothered me, I don't know if anyone saw this, but at the start of the video, I point out, this is super early alpha, yada, yada, yada. I put it on my YouTube and the Twitter. I can't remember where the comment was. This game can't be that good. Look, the buildings don't even have textures. And I was like, oh, okay. This is kind of exactly how <laughs> alphas look, my man. <laughs> this, this is, yeah, this is, and that's the thing is that that we have we have in this space a a uh, huge gap between reality and expectation um, for for people because you know you look at a game that gets you know published by a, a, a team with six hundred developers on it, right? Um, and then you look at a, a an alpha you know, that is, that is being developed, even if it's by a very substantial team. I mean, the team behind last expedition is not a small team at all by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it's just that the, what people expect is very different. Um, and the speed at which they expect it is hilariously fast. Um, we, we, I had this fantastic situation where, you know, we announced that a game is coming to things and then, you know, three months later, we're getting people screaming rug pull in the discord because it hasn't been released. I'm like, you, they're like, well, you showed it to us three months ago, three months, guys. That's like 90 whole days. What like, what's taking so long? It's awesome. It, it is it is part of the uh the, the cross we must bear when we try and bring people into the web3 gaming space where it's more open to showing people what you are creating yeah. when yes. you're starting yes. to create it and they just don't it's... have the understanding that yes the game you're playing right now on your playstation it announced three months ago and then released now but they've been building you, it for it's been seven built for five years, years. <laughs> exactly exactly i posted i posted something on on twitter the other day which which came from a conversation with um with uh you know some members of our our discord but essentially um or actually i think it was in twitter but it was like i said something like building in this space sometimes feels like you're running a marathon um and as you're running a marathon, there's a crowd of people who sit in armchairs on the sideline, throwing shit at you, telling you to run faster. And all the while saying that if they were the runs running, they would go at least twice as fast as you. Um, you know, but at the same time, there's, there's wonderful people. There's wonderful people too. It's fun, man. I love what I do. <laughs> it definitely is. It's just unfortunate that the armchair coaches are a lot louder than the people that are generally oh, just either satisfied so... with it. <laughs> they're so loud there's and it's and it's the 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 speed at which okay like 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 the delta v between between positive and negative or the speed at which somebody can change from being positive to negative is mind bending i mean there have been situations where where it's like you know we'll we'll have uh, a, a a proposal or something that goes out for a, a governance vote, and there'll be somebody that I've talked to like every day for two years, 
and then suddenly they don't like something about the governance vote and it's like and you know by the way jason you're an asshole and i've always hated you and things like dude it's nuts like people go crazy sometimes people are there just for the amusement <laughs> sometimes sometimes there but 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 uh, like you said though there are some other people though that are absolutely stunning and i i want to just you know shout out because there's some there's some people here listening to this space um that i hugely appreciate um you know the zorro gala i always love getting messages from him he's he's one of those great guys that it's like after uh, you know, I've just gotten myself thrown under the bus or something like that. You know, he'll shoot me a, a DM. He's like, Hey man, I, I, I appreciate what you do, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, he's, he's cool. And a bunch of other people here too, as well. There's just, there's a lot, there's a lot in this space that I, I, I really love. Yeah. Luckily the, uh, good eggs do manage to outweigh the, the loud, obnoxious ones that think we should be running faster and should be less covered in shit that they've thrown at us. Exactly. So, trying to get a bit back on track what are you excited for for the next three to six months uh, from gala games man i'm super excited about the last expedition uh the last expedition piece here that's gonna come out the next play test people are gonna blow their it's gonna blow their minds i'm also super excited about the launch of rep which is the um, social media network being built on gala chain um that's gonna be super cool I think that we're in this really interesting space right now. And again, I just want to, I just want to say we're not the ones building that. Okay. I want to be very, very clear because people, um, when, when it was first announced, people were like, well, look at this. Another thing that's, you know, diluting your focus away from games. It's like, guys, no, we're not. We believe that this will help games. It's going to layer on top of games. So it's, it's, you know, the first implementation of it is going to be as gala friends. Okay. Which is going to be a, a, you know, a little private social media network, essentially for the Gala Friends ecosystem. But, you know, beyond that, um, there's a huge amount uh, to be disrupted in the, the social media space right now. Um, because, uh, you know, we, we're here on the Bird app. Um, there's the String app, which seems to be a, a copy of the Bird app. There's Facebook, which is everyone's favorite place to go see what their grandmother's angry about. Um and then that's really honestly it, right? Like, am I missing anything? Instagram, TikTok, I guess. But, you know, like, the the, the space is ripe for disruption, and it's ripe for, for real Web3. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. And I'm keen for when the last exposition new build comes out as well. I will definitely be putting more time into that. So with all these cool things that are coming out with Gala, the next question is, where is the best place to stay up to date with everything Gala related? Well, the best place to stay up to date is at Go Gala Games. Um, we're there on all of the various social media platforms. You can also follow me. I tweet about stuff, uh, sometimes unofficially, sometimes officially. Um, and sometimes I talk about my kids, uh, which is which is fun. Uh, those are the two places. But the place that I would really encourage people to to join, if you're really interested in the ecosystem and you want to get involved, join our Discord at galagames.chat and get yourself a Gala Gold subscription. It's uh, and, and and this is a kind of a little bit of a limited time thing right now because we're actually in the process of rebuilding how the entire model works. But for the time being, it's a fifty dollars lifetime um, lifetime 
membership. Um, it's later switching to a, uh, a like a monthly subscription model. So if you get it now, it's lifetime and you never have to get it again, which is, is pretty cool. But being in uh, the Discord is where, and it's specifically in Gala Gold, is where you have the absolute largest amount of alpha and daily interactions with, with the leadership of the company, which is really cool because we care a lot and we want to know what people think. And, you know, a lot of times we will, we will tweak things um, based on our conversations with the Gala Gold community. So that's a great place to, to hang out with us as well. Awesome. Sounds like the uh, the best place to be is over in that Discord. And the even better place to be is over in that Gold Discord as well. So I just want to say a big thank you for coming up and speaking to us today, Jason. If you've got any final words before I do my monologue, monologue closeout. No, man, I'm good. Just I, I invite everyone to come hang out. I, I look forward to seeing you guys all. And uh, thank you for having me here today. I appreciate it. No worries, man. You were fantastic up here as well. We can tell because we managed to go on so many different tangents whilst trying to continue going on with the space. So as always, a huge thank you for everybody that has showed up today again to come and listen to Press Play. Like I said at the outset of the episode, this is actually our 20th Press Play. But don't worry, 21st, we'll be back next week with myself and Gaspode. Gaspode, do you have any final words? Follow me in places if you like new games, I guess. Whoop, woo. Whoop, whoop. I'm so glad that us as twins have exactly the same speaking energy all the time. If you want to find out more about any games and even want to look into things like The Last Expedition or a fantastic review on Townstar that has just gone up, go over to polkstarter.gg where you can find news, guides, reviews and all sorts of stuff Web3 Gaming related. Make sure you follow me as well because I do some cool videos every now and again. There's some skits. This will be available as a podcast on your favorite listening stations gaspode has managed to get himself on itunes we're still striving to get there thanks to sandbox who said that's where we need to be so until next time on press play i'll catch you all next week see you then goodbye